In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley. And my lonely quarantine baby is the one. All the only. by myself. I'm talking about Travis Rats. Started I do off like the song today. I, I like we got the song <laughs> right out the gate. That's the best way to do it, I, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, you are here with Travis and I on the Comic Exposure Podcast, where we talk about comic books and pop culture nonsense. And we dive deep into graphic novels. And let me tell you right now, in the age when the comic industry is dead or on hold for new comics. Bold statement. Je- bold statement. It's it's on hold for new comics. <laughs> the the new the 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 gentlemen who run a podcast about reading old books are king. Yeah. We are we are truly king in this in this quarantine comic quarantine comic book media. Yeah. In the and, land of the dying diamond. The yeah. recycled old diamonds is I I lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bye. <laughs> so Travis and I uh, are bringing you a very special quarantine episode, and I know every podcast you listen to is talking to you about how you know they're so glad that they can be here to you know to give you some entertainment in your time of solitude. Yeah, that for sure, but. Travis and I just want to talk about comic books. Yeah. Record it for you guys if you want to listen. So here's here's what we got. Travis and I have a plethora of pinatas. No, a plethora of episodes and, and, and books that we have read over the ages, the the half decade of comic exposure. Half a <laughs> our half decade of comic exposure. And what we want to do is we thought today we'd bring you our quarantine reads. Mm. So here's what you're doing. What's a quarantine read, Josh? What's a quarantine read? Here's what, I want to get there in a second. Here's what you've been doing, folks, ladies and gentlemen. You've been living your life week to week with new comic books, but that well's run dry, baby. It's empty. there's There's nothing to drink from. So Travis and I want you to lap from our luscious pools. We want you... We want you to suck from our comic troves. Travis and I go read the old stuff. We read the stuff from the long ago time, from the before time. And so we want you to go back and, and read one of these books. And we want you to go back and listen to our show. And you'll have two people, maybe three or four people on the episode. And you can go, oh, man, it's fun to have people talk about a comic book I've read. We're going to ladle out knowledge. Yeah. I'm going to keep your liquid yeah. metaphor. We're going to ladle yeah. out comic knowledge and pour it in like a, a soothing elixir into the palms yes. of your hands for you to just... Just slurp. To slurp <laughs> up. So Travis and I decided that we would pick three books apiece that we've read over the last five years on Comic Exposure and tell you why we think they are a good quarantine read or the episode is a quality quarantine listen. Yes. And here's what I think a good quarantine read is, Travis. 
I think a good quarantine read is something that helps you escape, something that will occupy your mind so you don't have to think about whether or not you touched that doorknob when you went to the grocery store or not, right? Like you can take your mind off of that. And it's good escapism. And then the story is engrossing and really gets you into it. What's your, what's your, what do you think a good quarantine read is, Travis? If you were yeah. going to nail it down. I think you might have nailed it down right there, my good friend. Uh, I think it's the same thing. It's escapism. Um, it is something that, oh. Not too uh, heavy, like, right? Not, not too heavy. Not too heavy, but can have some layers to it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Um, there were a couple of choices when I went on here. I'm like, ooh, that's delightfully fun, bubblegum. But I didn't choose it. And then I have to ask myself, well, why didn't I choose that one? I, and maybe more, some of those reasons is like, I'm like, ooh, there's not... Because we have time to contemplate in quarantine. Something that we usually don't have time to do in our regular lives. We consume, but we don't contemplate. And, and then we so, go to consume the next thing, or we go to work, or we, you know... You go yeah. text on your telephone or whatever it is. So you can't text I, I wanted I wanted a a a something that has a little bit of uh, uh, contemplation uh, uh, consistency to it. You know. Yeah, you want a little. A you little don't want to think too to deep. You don't want like Nietzsche or no, anything no, no, no. like that. You know. You no, don't no, want to no. like. So, right, right. So, so Travis, do we want to do our ultimate quarantine pick? Do we want to? Do we want to lay that one out front? I think we, or do should, we want to save it for the end. I think we should say do it up front because I don't want people being distracted by in the back of their heads being like, "Oh, this is prop. This is obviously the best choice for a a, <laughs> a, a quarantine read." Because um, everybody thinks exactly like we do. So you want lay it out for the good people. What is our what is our quarantine read? Our, our top quarantine read, uh, as far as what's going to keep you occupied, what seems what. We've mentioned we mention this book all the time in reference to things uh, as far as those big sagas. Uh, that is a great feature of a quarantine book is having something that can get you through many, many hours. of. You can quarantine. read like, is it how many how many volumes is this book? Is uh, it ten? This seven book is uh, ten volumes in its ten original volumes. run. But you can get the new omnibus run in one book for a hundred bucks on Amazon. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I will like I don't own it. And I might spend the money just to get the omnibus right now. Cause yeah. Do you have the omnibus? Yeah, I got the omnibus, baby. Holy crap. It's Look beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so what I'm looking at that you can't see right now is the whale blubber of this book that, that he's opening up for me. Uh, our quarantine pick that if you, you might not want to, because you're going to read it in bed and you don't want this touching your, look, you're a comic book fan. Your chest is probably slight. You don't want to put that much weight on it. So our quarantine, our quarantine read is why the last man, why the last man, why? Cause I gotta, cause it's great. Uh, so we decided that why the last man is going to be our, our quarantine pick. And, and so uh, it is a series by Brian written by Brian K Vaughn with most of the artwork by Pia Guerrera. Uh, and this was a vertigo book from 2002 to 2008 long running book, 10 volumes, epic story. Travis, why do you think this bad boy is the ultimate quarantine read? 
Well, I have a lot of like running full long series that I really love. Um, but it is this seems more universal in its approach. Uh, there is it removes the superhero element from it. So people who are maybe like kind of uh, over, you know, like oversaturated on superhero stuff can read this. Uh, your uh, I love it because it is a conversation starter within your household. Like Josh could give this to his wife. His wife could read it. And not only I think would. Uh, Gabby enjoy this, but I also think it would stimulate conversation. It is the comic equivalent of a Netflix binge show. It has oh, all those sure. elements in it. It is, and it, and it is as of right now, the only form that this book that this story exists in is comics. Now that's going to change, I'm sure. Uh, they've been trying for years I think it got to get this. It's been picked yeah, up but... and dropped, and picked up and dropped. Then they've started and stopped, uh, but. It is it is this epic uh, Netflix binge series before that thing before that concept even existed, and it gives you it releases the same endorphins of funny, layered, topical, and poppy uh, all yeah. at the same time. <clears throat> there's drama. There's action. There's humor. There's there's monkeys. like <clears throat> there's monkeys, and uh, there is of course the relatable schmuck of a lead yep that we can all find ourselves in strong female characters strong, lots female, of strong characters. female characters so if you're it like is, oh it, i don't like all the like, muscle bound guys and and spandex well guess what why the last they don't man, exist here yeah not not happening <laughs> they don't exist in this dojo uh i i agree with you travis i think this is the best sort of binge worthy series it's 10 volumes if you want to do it that way i think it came out in five books which collects each i think it like combines trades or maybe yep. it's the newest version is they, they double up the trade so that yeah. 10 of the original trade run is now uh five and right or you can get the omnibus or you can grab the omnibus or here's the thing if you don't want the paper you i'm sure you can get uh, you can get this on Kindle, on Comixology. Yes. You can get it somewhere to read digitally. And uh, you will go like, what's the next issue? Yeah. Right? So so Travis used to keep all of these uh, in a bucket. Yep. He had a bucket full of Why the Last Man trades. And he gave me the bucket. Actually, I don't think you gave me the bucket. I think I had to like come back to you over and over again like <laughs> Oliver Twist and ask for more. Is it Oliver Twist? And say... Please, yeah. sir, can I have some more? Right? Can I have because, some more why? Yeah, one I, more why? <laughs> you, you can't have any why until you <laughs> eat your, you know, and I, food I was glorious like. glorious food. <laughs> I was like, but I need it. I was fiending for the next issue because you would end, a, like every issue is ending on sort of this little cliffhanger thing. Brian K. Vaughn is a, is a fantastic writer. He yep. does amazing stuff. So if you read Saga and you're like, oh, I love Saga. Go read this. This is great. It's a great story. Now, he tells a compelling why, book. Why do we pick this above, say, a saga? Because saga is also a great um, series as well. So why why are we saying this above saga? Saga's not done. This is a complete series that you can pick up, get beginning to end. It is a nice, long, full story. And I think that it's it's a little more... When you talk about I a virus, when you talk about a virus hitting that affects the right. entire world and the ramifications from it. So that that would be my only caveat for if we talked about this being an escape. There is if you are sick of like virus talk, maybe maybe pick one of our other choices. 
Uh, right. But uh, this this is not over. It's not. There's no. It's not apples to apples here. Uh, yeah. There. It, it's, it's. It's not like watching Contagion. The virus right? is a, is a device. It is a device right. to tell a story. It is not the the overarching you know thematic. Um, and also not book. why and not why we chose it, right? Like that's not the reason we chose this book to be cute about it being about an outbreak and a virus, but really because it is a fully encapsulated story that lets you dive in and you get to learn so much about these characters and their growth and their and their arc over these these ten volumes that you really kind of um it it's there's a lot of stake in it, right? Like there's a yeah. lot of meat to this trade, not because it's ten volume not just because it's ten volumes, but you really get to spend time with these characters. And so I love this book too because uh, the emotional arc of the characters. This book does not give you what you want from it. Like, there's so many things in the the, the, the happens with these characters. So I'm like, no, N- no, no. And and at the end, we talked about I think on last week's episode of nailing the ending of like yeah. earning it, earning yeah. the the ending. Uh, what did we do last week that they are in the Sarah. ending? Sarah. Uh, Sarah. And so I, I, Brian K. Vaughn is is almost a master at, at at ending things. He he does a really good job of bringing epic stories to an end, except for maybe Lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> classic. You know, what? I take that back. Classic example of not how to not end. His, <laughs> his but he wasn't the only one working on that. So right, um, right, right. And so this feels complete. Uh, it, it sticks with you. When you finish this series, it will stick with you for weeks, if not months, if not for your entire life. You'll go back and think about the ending to Why the Last Man and how all those threads wove together to give you this emotional punch at the end of it. So I know if you're listening to this podcast, you probably read the Why the Last Man, but either reread it or wave oh, the I'm flag. Oh, I'm going to reread it. Wave the flag. You know what I'm saying? Wave that flag. Send it around to other people. Talk about this book. Yeah, it's super good. All right, so then put so that your was the last man's in a bucket and then throw it outside your house. Yeah, you know, just like put it outside your library. House. Yeah, and and say please take entire bucket or not at all. Yeah, take the whole bucket and read it or go to hell. So take the bucket Tra- or fuck it. <laughs> right. So Travis and I decided like that was our number one choice, but both of us picked two books and one episode each that we think would be a really good way to do this. And, and, and so, we ha- it had to be a book that we have done on this podcast. All our choices yeah. are books that we've done on this podcast. Books we've done on this podcast so that you can go like so that you can go back and read it and then you have someone to like talk about it with, right? You have someone to kind of listen to some story listen to some stories about and you can yell at us on the podcast and we won't even know. You can tell us we're dead wrong when we say someone's name wrong or we can't remember the main character. So, Travis, can you give us your first choice? Your solo quarantine read, what is it? Okay, uh, so um, a preface before I do my uh, quarantine, my first quarantine read, is that my two quarantine reads have a theme to it. All right, okay. and that theme is noir. 
I'm a big oh. I'm a big noir guy, and I don't know I don't know why I gravitated. I didn't realize it until I picked my books that I'm like, oh, I don't know why I think noir is such a good genre to read during quarantine. Now you know that we've been I've been reading because <laughs> all you have because all you're doing right now is internal monologue, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all noir is. So right now you're just talking to yourself all day long. You're like, oh my god, you <laughs> nailed it, buddy. That's it. You're like, that's it. If I if I run out of toilet paper this week, what am I gonna do? He reaches into the thought... fridge and grabs another beer. <laughs> All you're doing is, is self narrating. Is, is five beers too much for 4 p.m.? He asked himself. No. <laughs> Not during quarantine. That's yeah. why. <laughs> I'm like never ending story. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta drink this beer. No, I gotta save it for later. Betray you. <laughs> so, okay. So, noir is your choice. You yeah. feel noirish during this time period. So, what's your book? What's your first choice? All right. Uh, my first choice is Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales' Batman The Long Halloween. Okay. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Not, it's, I, I, not, it's a good one. I know it's not your favorite Batman. Uh, it's not my favorite Batman, but it's a good Batman story. It's a good Batman. Uh, it's it's my favorite Batman story, my favorite Batman run as of now. Uh, uh, and I thought that it was uh, great for two reasons. One, it is a full self-contained story that has a bit of weight to it. It's a little bit longer. It, it does take a while to get through it. I remember, I th- yeah, I read this on that night, like that 19-hour plane traveling on my first kind of foray over back into Japan. And I was just engrossed by this story. Uh, one, the story, it brings in all your favorite Batman villains. Like every villain in the Batman lore, pretty, well, not every villain, but the major Batman villains appear in here along with some of the other kind of sideline villains. Uh, we, we get to that. It is that very noir Batman. This continues, for those of you who read Batman Year One, what Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did is they continued from that story. So this is kind of like almost like Batman Year Two. It's kind of like Batman in his second year. The lore is it's his second year of being a detective. So the detective part of Batman really stands out in this book. And that is my favorite part about Batman is the de- when you can play into that detective piece of it. That's what I love, right? Mm. Like he's not just a Bruce brute force. He is a a thinking man who also can kick the shit out of you. Absolutely. And I, I'm I'm hot and cold with Tim Sale. Uh, I know he read one of his Spider-Man books. Uh, Spider-Man Blue, I believe he did, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, but I think he does, I think his art style fits this story really well. We love a, we love a pointy-ear Batman, Josh. I we do love, love a big pointy it's, it's not the pointiest, it's not the biggest, but it, it's, no. he's longer than he is shorter. He's a strong, a strong-eared Batman, as I like to say. Yes. Uh, I... I was so a fantastic choice. Very good stuff. My only beef with it. I don't like his Joker, but otherwise fantastic. Yes. Listen to that episode. Uh, and again, we're picking uh, books that complement episodes. And in that episode, we have Dr. Dan, the Batman fan talking about it. Right. And you can hear all about uh, Josh's disdain for the Joker design, <laughs> which uh, Dr. Dan and I both really like. Uh, you guys loved just, it. Yeah. Yeah. Big teeth. Like almost a yeah. uh, uh, monstrous style of a a Joker there, but another reason I picked it is because w- everything has been delayed, right? All these movies have been yeah. delayed, right? So, but we don't want our in- anticipation to to drop of these things. So uh, there is a lot of speculation that the uh, Matt Reeves, that's right, 
director sure uh, yeah the new, so. the new batman flick yeah uh uh directed batman is going to pull heavily from the long halloween and there's some good about that and some bad about that the bad about that for me is a long halloween has a lot of two-face and a lot of harvey dent and a lot of people look at the long halloween as the quintessential origin story for harvey dent turning into two-face in fact in um Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, uh, a lot of that Harvey Dent kind of transitioning into Two-Face and how that works with the uh, Falcone, uh, Maroney, uh, Crime War, that it was pulled, a lot of that was pulled from Long Halloween. Yeah, so Falcone, Maroney, Macaroni, Maroni. Yeah, yeah, my, from they, my, they, they formed the Macarena, I believe, is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. what they, yeah. That's, that's the name of their, that's the name of their uh, gang. Yeah. Come on, baby, let me see, let me do the Batarena. Batarena. Blam, blam, blam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, and so, bang, uh, uh, yeah, and so I think that it, if, so if you're not well-versed in that lore, uh, this could pay off if you if you kind of want to maybe get a preview of the tone, maybe this new Batman. I, again, it's all speculation, but it seems to be coming from there with the stills that show a bunch of pumpkins around a mansion and those new Batman leaked uh, film footage. Um, but yeah, I think that this is... I, I don't think you can... If you're a Batman completionist, which probably it'd be very hard to be a complete Batman completionist, but uh, um, what we're going to talk about here in... This episode is going through, you know, Batman, and uh, I think this is an essential. I think this is whether you it's you it's story. your favorite or not. It is it is a key piece in Batman lore. I would say it's in the top ten for sure. In me, it's my one, but I would say almost any Batman fan would objectively have to say that Long Halloween has to be in the top ten essential batman storylines so if you haven't read long halloween it will take you a little bit there is some stuff to chew on in there and uh yeah i hope you enjoy it all right all right so here's my first pick all right so my first pick is this was a book this was a book that travis and i picked for uh book of the year when we used to say, what's the best book we read that year? And uh, I think the book that I that I would pick that I think is a great one uh, is The Sheriff of Babylon. Sheriff of Babylon uh, by Tom King and Mitch, uh, Mitch, Mitch, why? Mitch Garrett. There we go. Uh, so Tom King and Mitch Garrett do this sort of crime story set in uh, during the Iraq war, during the occupation of Iraq. The American soldiers are there. It is my choice for this one. And then I'm going to put a nice pause there because I can't vamp without you. It's funny. It is. I forgot that we put that as book of the year. And here's the thing. The more time goes by, the more I remember that book fondly. Like, I'm like, wow, that was really good storytelling uh, and, and really we only great read art. We only and read that's the, first the thing. Half. You read the whole thing. Yes. I have not. And I'm like, why did I not read that? Uh, here's the problem I'm coming up with. If After reading that first volume, there's so much happening in there that if I want to read the second volume, which I think I'm going to do now uh, okay, during this quarantine, I have to reread it. it because there's yeah. there's so much going on on there. Yeah, it's 
it's a it's a mystery. So here's what I would tell you. If you let's say, did you watch Homeland? Did you think Homeland was a great show? Are you watching that Tom Clancy show on uh Jack Ryan on Amazon right now? If you thought both of those were really good, if you like like that sort of crime story and a war story, this does such a good job of melding those two things. And 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 here's and here's what it is. It's a bit noir it too. Is, it is, it is simply cinematic. It truly is a an incredible piece of it is so we talk we've talked on the show about this idea of like what's an h what what makes an HBO show prestige or whatever it is right this is a sort of high level story in a comic book there's no superheroes there's no like like why the last man this isn't if you are tired of superheroes and you don't want to read that this is a good place to go to get the story a, a type of story that you don't see in comics very often or you don't see in like that you don't see in popular comic book pop you know pop culture comics, it's, right? it's reminiscent of the conversation we had last week about sarah about right. someone who's taking something grounding it in reality and exploring a real kind of niche uh yeah. element to a larger campaign so, right. you know, uh, it takes place in Iraq, right? Is this in Baghdad? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. during the uh, occupation of Iraq. Yeah. And so you, we've, you've got this, the sheriff of, uh, is it sheriff of Baghdad, right? Or do they change? No, they change it to Babylon because it was, yeah. it was sheriff of Baghdad when it originally came out, I think. And then they changed it. But so sheriff of Babylon, great, great story. Tom King worked for the CIA, right? So like he has this sort of ingrained knowledge of some of the stuff he was in Iraq. Like he has some of this knowledge going on. And so he has that background to bring into this book. And Mitch Garrods is probably one of my favorite comic book artists right now. Yeah. And whenever I see him do something, I'm like, okay, I got to pick it up. I don't care if I don't know anything about Mr. Miracle, I'm reading it. If I don't know anything about, uh, what's the book they just, oh, uh, Adam Strange, I'm reading it, right? Because he's such, he's, he, his acting is so good and the characters he draws, but it still has that comic book flair to it, right? Well, on that episode, we talked about how he adds the little lines in, the little motion lines, and, and he does a bunch of grids. I think almost that whole, a ton of stuff in that book is in that sort of, he does some panels where it's like 16 panels on a page and tells this wonderfully paced story that feels like you're watching, like we just said with Why the Last Man, like a Netflix yeah. binge-worthy sort of show, right? And it, it does deserve, even if you've read it, it does deserve, just from the, reading the first volume, uh, it has that that layers. It has, like, yeah. if you read it once, you're getting the story. But once you go, it's like once you know, kind of starts to know what happens, reading it back again, you see he's planted all this stuff throughout the story. And right. it's it's kind of like a detective story if the detective was restrained by military protocol and how to get around that. And so that's always interesting to me is uh, oftentimes in like detective stories, the detective has carte blanche to use, employ whatever methods he wants to employ. But our, our protagonist in this story is, you know, you have that U S government military occupation. So he has to navigate both these different cultures not just an American right. culture, but an American military culture, and then that uh, uh, the Iraqi culture, like Iraqi being culture. like, 
like being in a place where you are now controlled by a foreign power, right? So it's this really interesting story that he's able to weave about what was going on on the ground in those relationships, but he's also able to tell you sort of this very high stakes crime story in it. So again, if you're if you thought Jack Ryan yeah, on Amazon, say, it's a it's it, it that is like the one, Jack Ryan Homeland are like very right. they're in this they're knocking on the same doors. Right. And so that's why I would say like this feels so much like a television series or a a movie and the pacing and the storytelling feels a lot like that. Right. Like Garrett's does a really good job of, of the way he lays out panels and lays out what he's doing. And, and, you know, Tom King often said like, well, I asked him to try to do it this way to kind of show the, the pacing of what this looks like. And it flows in such a good way. And there's so much dialogue in it, but it doesn't feel like you're drowning in dialogue. There are scenes where there's two people sitting outside of a, like an, an abandoned pool. And it is a, a great conversation and it doesn't feel like a slog it feels yeah. the dialogue is very very good so that's you know, after, my after after 9-11 they they called up like tom clancy and they were asking him like the government was asking him uh and news sources were all getting on tom clancy because they're like okay if this happened if this if you were writing the story how would it turn out because you have this ability to take um a fictional scenario and play it out the way it would strategically happen in the real like, world. There's a, there's a bomb in the in the in the like snack machine. Yeah, isn't that and, a, isn't that a Tom Clancy one? I'm I don't know. I don't read Tom, Tom Clancy. <laughs> well, they made a movie out of it. And then Keanu you'd have Reed to ask. It. You'd have to ask my mom. I'm gonna. I'm calling your mom. Calling bring mom. bring. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my voice for your mom. It's not right. Oh, but, my mom's like a Jewish mom now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you eating enough food? Are you eating enough canned foods? Did you get enough? Did you, did you get the powdered milk? They're Are you run seeing any nice girls lately? Only bad ones, mom. So here's 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 that that's my pick for quarantine because I that's think a, it, that's a great pick. It, it's it's a different kind of story. It feels like you're you're reading a movie, and right now what you want is you want to go see a big movie on the big screen, but it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. So you might as well like get something that feels very cinematic and gives you that feeling, but with that beautiful touch that only comic books can give you. It, yes. Uh, and the tag on that, it does feel like you're consuming something with truth to it. With, yeah. If, if that is a genre that you're like, Hey, I always kind of wonder how these military operations go and what it was like there in, in uh, Baghdad. Uh, I think that, you know, um, with Tom King's experience that he's working for the CIA bringing into this, I think you're getting a, a little snapshot about how these things went down. Right. So, Travis, what's your next quarantine pick? We've got a next Batman book, a sheriff uh, crime book. What's your next one? Uh, again, I, I told you like that my picks were noir picks, and this yeah. might be the most noir that we have done on this podcast. And we have done some noir s books in our in our run here on Comic Exposure, but I think this might be the most noirish, uh, the most this, noir 
ish. I then when I talk about most new artists, I'm talking about Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, The Fade Out. This was a 2014 to 2016 run. I believe it was like 10 to 12 issues. Um, so I think it's three volumes. I think it's what it ended up being like four a piece. So I think it's probably 12. So 12, I think it was three yeah, volumes. 12 issues, yeah. yeah. And this story, uh, we did a podcast on that with uh, Mark Poland. And I believe this Volume podcast one, yeah. actually garnered some uh, attention from uh, one of the writers, right? I do believe Brubaker did tweet about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we asked a question in there and he told us what the answer was. Yes. And so maybe that is uh, slanting my opinion because I get real fangirled out when someone like uh, will retweet <laughs> and be like, oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go back and make sure I wasn't talking shit about Brubaker. <laughs> but we, we we talk about Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. This is a team that works so Dynamic well. Duo. Dynamic duo. Um and in fact, and looking at this book, uh, Brightweiser's doing the colors too, and she's yep, exactly. She, we were I, just raving about Brightweiser on Sarah. Such a good colorist. This is where I coming into comic exposure uh, after so long off of comic books, where I was first kind of like, these colors are really adding to the story. Who's who's doing these colors? This book kind of kind of reintroduced to me or. Um, uh, brought a new level of depth to what colorists can do to books for me now. And we kind of took that and we run with that now in comic exposure where, we, where I really focus on what the colors are doing. But this book really kind of put that in the forefront of these colors. Just beautiful. Brightweiser mm, chef's kiss as Josh would say. Oh, uh, God, and you know good. what? Now it's what I'm going to say. Cause I'm stealing that. It's fine. You can do it from me. Uh, uh, and uh, so uh, this book, actually, Image gave uh, Brubaker and Phillips a five-year exclusive deal, which means that for five years, they could, without pitching a book, do what they wanted for Image Comics, which because is that, unheard of. Yeah. Because they're that good. <laughs> that means you can be like, oh, you got, you got the print, whatever we come up with, uh, and we don't have to tell you shit. And Our new hero is a grandmother who <laughs> yeah yeah just make soups she makes yeah. soups it's called soupy but mom i would i'd read a i'd read a ed brubaker book about a grandma who makes soup because it'd yeah. be good and so brubaker even talks about he, he didn't think that this book was going to have commercial appeal because it it the basically the book follows this uh protagonist uh charlie Parrish. it's 1948 uh, he's suffering from PTSD from uh, World War II, uh, and he's a screenwriter in Hollywood who's not really writing for himself. Uh, he's writing for someone who is blacklisted in 1948 Hollywood with kind of McCarthyism and stuff like that. And he wakes up one day next to the dead body of a famous starlet. And Charlie then has to go through and decides he has to solve this crime. So he's a screenwriter who writes stories like this, but now he finds himself in a very Hollywood version of the stories he's writing. And this is loosely based on some of the stories that Brubaker's, Brubaker's uncle, who was a screenwriter during that time, his name was, I wrote down here, um, John Paxton. So he, uh, Brubaker's uncle was John Paxton, and his aunt actually worked as a... Um, uh, somewhat of a producer type for Fox Studios in that time. So he would grow up listening to all these stories about 1940s golden age of, of Hollywood. 
And so, again, just like what you're talking about with Tom King having that inside track and being able to give you an authentic take on a story that we've seen before, you have a a kid who grew up on these stories, Brubaker, who has the the storytelling talent. And then when you put Sean Phillips' art, which is almost like meant for noir, like it's like almost he was born to draw noir. His His ink work, his black is so good. Yeah. So good. Oh, that would be a great and, too to see this in black and white too. I would love and to see all that. Of the, and all of the face facial expressions are so they really are. They fit that sort of noir, sort of like overacted, sort of like shock sometimes when he sees them. But he is he does really great character work as well with those with those uh, with the characters that he that he wrote in this book. Now I will say I think this book starts stronger than it ends. Uh, but I think it as a piece, it, it's 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 got some twists and turns into it. The dialogue is, it, again, we I think one of the things that we're finding in common is that we have this kind of binge worthy. Yeah. That's what we're kind of. I think that's one of our our main go tos for a quarantine read is that it's binge. You can't put the book down, um, and it has a complete story there. So uh, if you like old Hollywood or you like noir detectives, or you just like fantastic art and coloring, this book hits it out of the park on all three of those. It, it does it well in all of those aspects individually that's worth the read, but when you combine all yeah. three of them together, it really knocks it out of the park. Uh, we've read some stuff. Um, I've only seen bits of Fatal, and we've read some stuff like um, they're All My Heroes Are Junkies, and yeah. you read that new one that I haven't read. Uh, yeah. It's a, a um, political one, I, I want to say. No, I, shoot. I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, but I've read a couple of his stuff. He's, he did they, their run on Criminal has been really good. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. But so this if you is want, my favorite. This is my favorite this is, of theirs. This is really good. I have the hardcover, the oversized like hardcover of the three volumes all together. It is a wonderful read. Uh, it, it There's essays in it. Brewbreaker has all these essays about 1940s. Hollywood that are great too. I think that's the other good thing about this, Travis. Not only are you get you get to read the story, but then his thoughts about each of these pieces, and he weaves in real actors from the time period, and you kind of get to see all of that in the background. So, really good choice. I feel that we've got a uh, we've got something. Our first three picks have this very sort of we've got something going on, right? Yeah, so I'm going to throw. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I'm. I, I'm It'll be interesting to, to try to tie it all together at the end, like what we're what we're doing here. Well, I'm throwing a curveball. Okay, I gave you a book, but I changed my mind. So I'm throwing. Was it my because cur- I picked I picked a, a similar book because I was worried about that? That's okay. That's okay. okay. I, I love many books we've done, but it was a toss up between two books, and I didn't want to like bookend our conversation with two Batman books because I was going to pick another. Batman I'm excited book. about that. Go ahead and throw it out there so people can know it. Throw the book out there. I was going to talk. I was going to talk about Batman uh, Zero Year, which I think is a great piece of bat. As a good Batman story, it kind of stands on its own, even though it's part of the epic sort of run that was New Fifty Two Batman. It's you know, fun. It's Snyder. poppy. It's ba- yeah. very Batman. Yeah. Color, it's very bright. Uh, but my choice, here's what we need. Travis and I get, have given you some pretty serious books that what might weigh heavy on you. Yeah. I want to give you something. I think I know what you're going to say. And that was going to be gonna, one of my picks. I'm going to give you something that I want something that like jabs you, like jabs the man in the eye that, that, that pokes society square in the face 
my choice is the Flintstones. Oh, I was gonna go uh, Prez. I yeah, oh, go, 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 go. Yeah. I'm gonna escape. I'm gonna do the Flintstones is my book. Uh, it's Flintstones by Mark Russell, uh, drawn by Steve Pugh. This is this was a uh, a DC book um, where they essentially were letting people redo Hanna Barbera stories for DC Comics, and Mark Russell is a king of satire. He like skewers everything. But it's not in a like, it's not an overly mean way. It's fun, and I know you're it's in a very poppy have... way. It's not like a, it's not like right. a super uh, wordy way, like Mark Twain, like satire. No, it, it but is... he's very Mark Twainish, though. It feels, yeah, but it, it's 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 not as vulgar as South Park satire. It's not as witty as Mark Twain, but it is. I think he's one of the best satires working in today's uh, right writing. Right. Go ahead. It's uh, so so. This is a book that sort of skewers everything going on in modern society through the lens of the Flintstones. And and maybe you're like, well, how do you make that happen? If you haven't listened to this episode, if you didn't read the book, how do you make that happen? He makes it happen masterfully, right? You've got all of these guys who were in the caveman wars are now, you know, like he takes the, uh, the, the water Buffalo lodge and you've got guys dealing with PTSD, right? You, you've got, you know, um, the appliances kind of dealing with their own existential crisis, right? The you got, animal, you got big corporations, uh, yeah, you got yeah. big corporations taking over. You have aliens that land and sort of what goes on with teen culture. You have this whole thing about religion, jammed in there as well and he does a really good job and steve Pugh does does some work with the art that's that's bubblegummy and and but he takes the that hannah characters gives them a little more reality right gives it a little more sort of like they don't look like the hannah barrett characters you get a little more realism with it but not too much because you've got a talking you know, uh, a, a vacuum cleaner. That's a, that's a, uh, an elephant, right. And you've got all these things that are, that are there that are very Hanna-Barbera, but he twists it. Yeah. At one point the, one of my favorite scenes is all the appliances are like in a closet talking with each other. Like the elephant that has to vacuum up stuff, the bird who has to yeah. open cans and they're all just kind of like put away the utility of them. And they're just kind of like stuck in a closet. Like, all right, what do we do? We're not being used. <laughs> Right. And so this is two volumes. We talked about volume one on the show, uh, but volume two is all like it wraps it up really well. So if you're looking for something to read, it's 12 issues. It's it's not the sort of sit down and read it and you're done sort of thing. There's a lot to snack on. Right. So it's very contemplative. Right. And contemplative. Right. And the thing I want you to pull away from, you know, our quarantine reads is this idea that we want you to sort of, you know, um, have something that you can sink your teeth into that's not a single issue you're done really fast and it's over and then it lets you think a little bit right you get to kind of you know if if it's something like uh you know sheriff of babylon you can go back and read something if it's something like fade out go back and once you find out what the answer to the mystery is go back and find all the little snippets of what it is if it's if it's uh you know the long halloween you can look at this how he tells us epic state epic tale in a year of comic books right and how much of what batman we know today is is based on some of those early runs or those mid 90s runs like uh, uh like that it's like oh i feel like that's a good run to to like help really kind of break down who a batman is 
Right, right. And so <clears throat> you I I think Flintstones is this great opportunity to sort of like get some levity because it's it's lots of jokes. But then it also goes like it helps you realize like look, we're living in some screwed up stuff right now. So you might as well get a little bit of a laugh at how crazy things are right now, right? Yeah. And and be able to look at something that pokes fun at modern society in a really random way by using a story about uh, you know, Neanderthals and cavemen, right? Um, and something from your childhood, yeah, and ends it for you. Can I? Can I? I'm, this is, I don't even know the answer to this question, but it might be an interesting question. What like nostalgic property would you use? Would be best used to tell a quarantine story, a la, you know, like a Flintstone style oh. satire, like you know, because he's done a couple of things. He's done. Uh, I think he used Huckleberry, not Huckleberry Hound, but like what's, uh, what's the, no Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss, right? Yeah. So, like, if you had to satirize, you know, in a year from now, two oh, years yeah. from now, the quarantine oh, issue, yeah. what character is, is like made for that? Dilbert. <laughs> I want, I want a, I want like a, a satir. I mean, Dilbert's satirical, anyways, but I want like Dilbert living in our and what yes. we're going through now. That would be good, but also kind of maybe too on the nose. No, no, no. I think I think it's it's great because it also captures what like everyone loves right now. It has that office vibe to it as well. And so much of middle class America is working from home now, but has to deal with office office dynamics via you know like Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> and like how that would affect. That's actually really. That's actually really really good. Um, I'm trying to think of what would be. A good like who's kind of like what what old cartoon character uh space ghosts i think would be a fun one uh who's <laughs> looking at how like entertainment all these entertainers are going to youtube and doing yeah. like shows from home and like trying to maintain maintain that so like yeah. space ghosts interviewing modern celebrities about the quarantine virus and uh i think that, that would be, be kind of a, a good one <laughs> That'd be, I like that. But I guess That'd he's be, kind of satiring himself. But we're, we're, yeah. we're going on the fly here. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's what we've got. So Travis and I picked those two books, right? And then we wanted to wrap the show up by talking about what's a show that we think you should go back and listen to, not only because we liked the book, but because we liked the conversation and what went on on that episode. So Travis, give us your quarantine episode. Oh, I got to go for my quarantine episode is if you're sitting at home and you're consuming the 70% increase in alcohol sales, which Josh is doing right now and I am doing as well, um, is you got to you gotta listen to the episode, The History of Beers, that we did. We reread the graphic novel History of Beers, which takes you basically like a very historical approach to how beer came to be like this top-selling libation consuming all the way from its beginning. And what makes this episode great is, one, it was the last episode I did in the States before moving to Japan. Uh, And two, uh, (laughs) Josh... Everybody, no, not just me, everybody. And uh, Sobek, uh, Sobek. the guests on that show, had gone to a beer-tasting convention, beer fest, (laughs) And then we came back and we drink more beers during the episode. Josh is drunk off his mind. 
Oh, we're getting. I just got drunk within the episode, and they drank as much as I did during the episode. I think Josh was very close to throwing up during the episode. Oh, no. Here's, here's something. Here's the best thing. If you don't know what happened in the middle of the episode, I leave, throw up, and come <laughs> back to the episode. <laughs> I yak. We filmed. The, we did the episode in, at my house. I like that we went to strong beer fest. So not just like regular beer festival, but like it's like barrel 15% aged, alcohol. Yeah. Barrel aged stout, all this stuff. And I definitely yacked mid episode. And, and then we were drinking yeah. fancy beers. Everyone, I think everyone, the everyone was required to bring two new yeah. beers to the episode. Anthony brought beers that that aligned with the beers we were talking about in the episode. Yes. So you'll hear us like cracking open beers into the microphone while we were doing the episode. It was that's a good one. I re-listened to the beginning of that just to get it. I'm like, do I really like this one? And like first 15 minutes, there's some there's some some golden stuff in there. Just fun. So if you if you if if you listen to our episode and you're like, oh, I don't I don't necessarily like all the the comics it's great because it can stand alone as an episode where we just talk about some of the cool facts about beer so if you're yeah. like oh i didn't read that book it's okay because we're yeah. just drunk talking about like facts about beer which i'm sure even after reading the book we got a lot wrong <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's a that's a beautiful a beautiful episode What's my your, choice my choice was something we've only been able to do it once it was a ton of fun and i wish like it could could have been a regular thing we did with the show but someone had to pack up and move across the ocean. I'm <laughs> uh, not saying who that is, but now a so, lot of podcasts do do that. I think we were one of the first, and I think a lot of them do it now. Yeah. So we did a uh, a live episode at uh, at Arizona at at amazing. What was it? It's uh, Phoenix Comic Con. 2016. It's like five, 2016 Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, we did a live panel where we talked about the saga. We talked about saga volume one. So we literally had a guest. Uh, we had an audience. We had two guests with us. Uh, uh, Freddie Pinion, who's been on the show a couple times. And then Andrea Consalvi, who's been on the show a couple times. And we were on stage and we got to talk about it. And we got to call on audience members and have them fill in some stuff about the book, what they liked about it. Uh, there was so much fun energy in the room because here's the deal, Travis. I think we're funny. I think we say things, but there was something very uplifting about having a room full of people, like nerds, a room full of nerds too. A room full of nerds validate you because here's the thing. I used to be in punk bands. I used to like, I, I miss the adulation of the crowd. Yeah. And so it made me feel real special. Uh, and then like saga is one of those fun books that if you've heard about it, but you haven't read it yet, you can, you can get it. It's a quick first volume read. You can listen to the show, hear other people, other people in the audience kind of share their thoughts about it. And I, I it was a really fun episode and probably one of my favorite comic exposure moments. moments. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love it too. I love too that. That was 2016. It's now 2020. God, no. And our like, our obviously doing it this long. Our dynamics have just—I wouldn't say changed, but been more refined. Uh, but you can yeah. see, like, like Josh is holding it down, like keeping us on track, and I'm like derailing us, and yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 it is kind of 
like it that really marked a demarcation mark for kind of like the dynamics of the show that was kind of like saying goodbye to like the old form where we used to get someone on every week who hadn't read books as much and kind of moving into there's people out there who just want to hear two people who enjoy comics talk about things that maybe their friends don't and that's right. kind of where we we went from there where we're like you know what we saw the response there are people here who just want you know they just want to have people talk about stuff that they love that isn't as popular as you know stranger things where you can turn into a hundred right. podcasts on it they want to hear someone talk about the Flintstones, that, that first trade that they read. So Here's what I want to know. How many people have done that podcast episode on Animal Man, right? Nobody. Yeah, yeah. So you and me, the only one doing, you, you and I are the only ones brave enough to do a doubleheader episode on the DC comic book character, Animal Man. And to deep dive <laughs> into what he was then as to what he is now. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what Animal Man might possibly be one of my favorite DC characters after after that. Oh wow! I I want I you know who I want uh, that that I want Tom King and uh, Mitch Garrods to jump on right now. They're doing uh, Adam Strange. They did they did their run with uh, you know they uh, oh shoot I I already mentioned it on the show Mr Miracle. I want them to tackle Animal Man because they love this idea of like family dynamics and like sort of yeah. like twisting what it's like Domestic. and looking at yeah looking at superheroes in a different way. All that run was not like that Grant Morrison run is just like him as like uh, a, a like a Gen X sort of like dude like with his yeah, leather yeah, yeah. jacket loved it loved it i just i like we do uh, we're very simple people all you have to do to make a hero cool all us is give him a leather jacket is give him a leather jacket over some spandex give like, him a freaking leather jacket symmetrically it does not make sense like that does not play so well in real life but in in comics it look it's, it's a perfect. tits yeah it's perfect right here's here's the deal Guys, we're on quarantine, and I'm like, I'm seriously like, I'm not gonna get a haircut. I'm not trimming my beard. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going full Wolfpack challenge is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going all out. Um, and I feel like when this is all done, I'm gonna buy a leather jacket because I'm gonna look like a badass with a giant beard. And I'm just growing out my hair now. I'm just going full wizard. That's what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm gonna look like a heavy metal dude. I'm buying a leather jacket. You know, look would look good under that um, leather jacket. A comic exposure Bruce the Punk Rock Kaiju T-shirt, which oh. you can get on Amazon.com by searching "comic exposure" on Amazon.com. You can get yourself a punk rock a la Screeching Weasels esque Bruce the Comic Kaiju comic exposure T-shirt, and Bruce it can be delivered within a couple of days to your door, yeah. even during quarantine. Yeah. Even during quarantine, you can get that Amazon shirt. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's our time to end this lovely episode. Uh, Travis, as always, beautiful to talk comic books with you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. If you decide to pick up one of these books, you can find each of these episodes where we talk about these books on uh, the on the lovely website, www.comicexposure.com. Just like Travis said, you can go to that website, click on our merch tab, and find yourself a sweet comic exposure shirt. Uh, my wife was wearing her comic exposure t-shirt with you and I draped in capes uh, yesterday. Oh, I hope you um, make out. It, I hope you make out with her with that on. It was, it was the. It's the sexiest t-shirt uh, I've ever been on. So, <laughs> have you ever copped a feel like over my face? I was. I was like, ooh, I'm grabbing. I was Travis. Let me slap you around. Uh, 
so you can get yourself you can get yourself a comic exposure t-shirt and, and emblazon your chest your testicles with uh travis and i and our mugs on your faces uh we also need to do our simple drawing of you needs to be a t-shirt now that we've got this store our drawing of you and I, which is our header for comic yeah, exposure. Maybe we do that a little bit so uh, you can have a project to do because I cannot get this guy to draw any. He's a great doodler. Josh hey. is amazing t-shirt doodles. Hey. And here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. I made a t-shirt that Amazon rejected. So we need a That's thought true. bubble shirt so I can get my, my fucking Conan shirt. That's all I want in life, Travis, is the Conan the Barbarian shirt that says, are you there, Crom? Are you there, Crom? It's me, Conan. <laughs> I can make that happen for you. It might cost about 200 bucks for an exclusive shirt, but I will make that happen for you. No, you just do it on Thought Bubble. It's easy. Threadlist or whoever lets you put whatever you want on it. Oh, they don't God. care about copyrights. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for tuning in. What's uh, the next book, Josh? Quick. Next, next, next book. Travis and I are talking about uh, Green Arrow, the Longbow Hunters. Travis and I wanted to dive into a character we've never touched on this, especially during quarantine when no new books are coming out. We wanted to go back and look. That's what we did. You can find it on Comixology. It's only three issues, but 340-page issues. So it's mm-hmm. like those oversized 80s uh, books that, that DC put out. So check it out. Read it with us. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? We'll see you next trade.